This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. It's an opportunity to change healthcare, not necessarily from saving lives. I'm not on the operating table, but at least from a marketing aspect, what I know how to do, how cool would it be just to change the way that marketing is done? That's kind of what my driving force is. Healthcare marketing is notorious for lagging behind the times and is long overdue for a checkup. But one health company's transformative marketing approach might be just what the doctor ordered. Today, we're pleased to welcome Andrew Chang, Vice President of Marketing at the multi-specialty medical group Summit Health and urgent care provider CityMD. The two companies merged in 2019 to form a combined organization that spans the spectrum of healthcare needs. Tune into this conversation and hear how Andrew explains how the company's unique business model and data collection strategy are helping unlock the true potential of healthcare marketing. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. Andy, I'm pumped to have you on the show, man. We've gotten so we've had some great executives on this show, and and I'm just excited that we got to get some of your time, man, and learn about kind of what you're up to. So yeah. before we get into things, I've got a couple of things I want to ask you. But what are you kind of most like excited to talk about right now? Like what's happening in your world where you're like, this is what I'm paying attention to. This is what I could riff on about. Yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about and working on a lot about lately. I would say right now, what gets me really excited is creating ways to give marketing more credit Mm. for the revenue that the team brings. And the reason for that is because a lot of times, especially in healthcare, and healthcare, as we all know, is a giant, giant industry, marketing tends to lag about 10 years behind, maybe even more than where we should be. And so marketing 10, 15 years ago was not necessarily being seen as the people who bring revenue to the company or to the organization. And really more as, um, and I'm oversimplifying here, but a creative services team and a team that builds pretty things, cool looking things, or just prints, cool things, or brochures, what have you. 
And so what we're doing at Summit Health and CityMD is, is creating an attribution model and collecting a lot of data and analyzing that data so that we're able to say, hey, marketing contributed this many incremental patients or this many incremental revenue dollars in the last month or the last quarter and sharing that to the C-level and also our business partners to help change the way that marketing is perceived. And so it involves a lot of data. It involves a lot of process. It involves a lot of education, a lot of re-education, uh, a lot of behavior change and change management. But that kind of stuff is what excites me. I love that. I love that. That's been, so that's, that's come up a couple of times in other industries as well, where, you know, a marketing leader like yourself is really, you know, fighting for this perspective, this change around how, you know, stakeholders view marketing of the, like, as this right. back in the day, it was this call center, it's creative, but now folks like you are like, well, actually, no, we can, we can attribute revenue. We can show you how we're growing pipeline, how we're expanding the product experience, et cetera. So it's people like you actually that are kind of, and especially as you said, you said it well, healthcare is in many ways, there's parts that are old and stodgy and kind of, and, and yeah. you know, still catching up to a lot of other industries. And you're there, you know, saying, hey, we have to put a flag in the ground here and say, look, we, we're driving revenue. Can you tell us an example of like how you're doing this, an example of how you've been able to do this well at Summit Health City MD? Yeah. So we have a performance marketing director and an analyst who work very, very well together, who understand what we're trying to accomplish and have done this before at other bigger companies. And what we're doing is basically if, you know, we're not looking for 100% accuracy because that's a pipe dream. That is the holy grail, right? 100% accurate attribution. But what we're doing is something a lot more accurate than 50%. So I'd say we're about 75 to 80% accurate. And that might be on the high side. Just, let's call it seven, around 70% accuracy. And we're doing that based on the channel that people are coming in. So CityMD, we're a walk-in service. You can't book an appointment. And so what we're doing is using anonymized data from cell phones to tag people uh, uh, that who have seen our ad or interacted with our, with our ad or engaged with our website and seeing that device come into our location for an extended period of time. Ah. And what we do is take that data and have it against the control group, uh, people who have seen the treatment but still didn't come in versus those who have seen the treatment and did come in. What's the incremental lift? And so what we're seeing is, is there are, some of our ads are working, some of them are not. Some of our locations are getting affected, some of them are not. And so that's kind of our walk-in business. Our summit health side of the business where you do have to make an appointment, it is a little bit easier, but also still complicated because most of our appointments are done via our call center. You have to phone, phone it in to, to make an appointment. And so we're using call center and call tracking analytics to make sure that we are able to tie phone numbers to specific treatments of creative to channels, et cetera. And then saying, hey, this phone number that showed up on this place drove incremental revenue versus a control group that we had, et cetera, et cetera. And so we built all these different types of models that show mm. the incremental lift, and that's how we're doing it. 
That's awesome. Do you create your own dashboards to look at that? Are you are you kind yeah. of cust- custom dashboards all the way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did create our own dashboard. So we pull in data from Google Analytics. Okay. We pull in data from Salesforce. We pull in data from our ad agency. We pull in data from our third party um, companies that I just told you about, uh-huh. uh, Cubic and CallRail for attribution. Cool. We put it all in one place, and uh, our analyst creates a lot of dashboards for us. Awesome. That's great. We, I interviewed the uh, CMO of CallRail. Great. That's a great business, oh. man. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. They're incredible. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the two different sides of the business, you have the walk-in side of the business, you have the appointment side of the business. Are those pretty equal in terms of driving revenue or is one like a larger part of the business and the other is like the bigger opportunity or how does that look? What is that like? Yeah, they're they're pretty equal. Oh, cool. During COVID, I would say our urgent care business, the CityMD side obviously blew up a little bit and-, and Okay. And- had definitely its fair share of, of challenges, but also opportunities. And we did a lot of volume, but but ideally, ideal state, which is where we're around right now, is about 50-50. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the website talks about there being over 200 locations, you know, 2,000 providers that cover this kind of multi-specialty urgent care connected, yep. all connected together. Yep. So those 200 plus locations, that's both of the, like some of those are appointments, some of those are walk-in. Yeah, so we have like ah. 160 city MDs. Okay, and, cool. And um, we have quite a few dozen of our Summit Health locations. Okay. And just continuing to grow. Wow, okay, cool. What an interesting business. So, I mean, the, there's a lot of urgent cares out there, right? So that's a, that's an interesting world. There's a lot of, I know just to here in Austin, Texas, I mean, you drive around, there's a lot of different people that are, you know, a lot of dogs in the fight, so to speak. Right. But there's something different about Summit Health City MD. Like, what is this? What's like the value prop for both of these businesses? They're at the highest level. They're like a lot of a lot of other businesses that are similar, but there's something different. What's the nuance that makes like this business so interesting in a space that could be there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of people in it, a lot of different businesses in this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the joining of the two brands in 2019, uh, CityMD and Summit Health, okay. uh, was a really good a really good move because. What we see in healthcare is a shift to more retail-based care. Mm. And CityMD being the largest in the New York region is well positioned to grow even faster and grow even, expand a lot uh, further out because they've built a machine pretty much that knows how to take care of patients quickly. They know how to do it efficiently. And that's what patients want at the end of the day, right? You're not going to an urgent care just to hang out and, you know, get some work done with some coffee, mm. uh, talk with friends. You're there because you have to be there. Right. Or you, and you definitely don't want to be there. And the last thing you want to do is, is again, spend a single second more than you need to. And so uh, the city MD team did a really amazing job of just making sure that patients are always at the center of everything that they do. They really, I really mean it that way. And just make sure that the experience is hassle-free as possible. Wow. On the Summit Health side, it's a primary care to OBGYN to cancer or orthopedic surgery. We handle all of that as well. And so the idea was how cool would it be to connect an urgent care, which is everywhere, to more of a long-term care structure where it's more of a relationship-based care and combine that into one experience where all of your health records are in one place. And again, it's really about driving to be the yes in healthcare and not necessarily what patients might be used to hearing in healthcare, which is a lot of no's. 
uh, why can't my record just show up on this doctor's office or wow. why can't, okay. I can't, I just go to this urgent care and my flu vaccination or COVID uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, test is automatically uploaded. And so we're breaking down a lot of barriers to have a much smoother and better experience at every step, even when you're not inside of our four walls to make sure that we have as seamless experience as possible. And I think that's what really sets us apart. Wow. So this this term relationship-based care, is that an industry term or is that something that you guys created internally? You know, I don't think it's an official term, but I a like lot that. of I haven't heard companies that. say it. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, we, we see it, you know, you have a relationship with your primary care or mm-hmm. OBGYN or, mm-hmm. or, or oncologist, you have a relationship. And for CityMD, you may not necessarily have a relationship with the provider that's seeing you at the time because it's walk-in and you're in and out, but again, it's it's the continuity of care, right? doesn't matter who you see, Mm. we're going to always take care of you from every step of the way. And so so we go from transactional to relationship-based care, and uh, we try to make it as as one team, again, with the idea of making it as seamless as possible. Wow. So is the idea to, is it you acquire other urgent cares and then turn them into CityMDs? Are you launching just new CityMD locations or launching new Summit Health locations, or is it acquisition? Yeah, it's it's both. It's both. both. We okay. are opening locations. We're um, opening quite a few um, every year. Okay. And because when I joined uh, almost two years ago, we had about 130 locations. Now we're up to about 160. Okay. Wow. And those were done through building our own and acquisition. And then okay. on the Summit Health side, it's also both. We are, we're building uh, new facilities. We're opening a big one in Clifton, New Jersey. We're opening a pretty big building in. New York and wow. also acquiring practices that have the uh, that have practices that are already established throughout the city. Wow, that's so awesome. So all of this data that you're collecting on the existing businesses that's got to inform new lo- like new opportunities and new locations. It's got to make that a really interesting process because you have so much yeah. to see, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a, an amazing real estate and business development team that uses data all the time. I mean, the way that they plan out and see where there's a lack of care and and where we could do a better job and fit in. Yeah. Um, it's just impressive to see how how they use the data and, and see how the traffic patterns work and yeah. and all these different things that they use. So so I want to take a, a, a mini step back, uh, Andrew, because like according to your LinkedIn, you know, you've got you know, nearly two decades of marketing experience. You know, yep. you've you've landed at some amazing places. And again, I see I see a human like you. I see the experience you've had, and you know, in many ways, you can you can go into a lot of different industries and spaces and play and do well. What inspired you to join Summit Health? Like, why Summit Health, City MD? <laughs> yeah. So I used to think and really believe that marketing is marketing, and it's a process that you can follow. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. And so might as well get as much experience in different industries and see how it goes. Um, so after being in the airline industry um, for eight years, my boss at the time told me, you should not be in the airline industry anymore. Uh, you should start to expand. And so that's where um, I really wanted to look at logistics and and UPS came in and I uh, worked there for a while. And uh, then after that, went into commercial real estate where I ran marketing and PR. And that's where I actually discovered industry did matter mm. because it really, it, it was really more about not me becoming a good marketer, but it was really about the feeling of being able to change industries where marketing could be mm. modernized and commercial real estate and real estate in general is definitely one of those. And then healthcare 
like we talked about before, is is a little bit of a is a giant gorilla or and dinosaur, an ancient gorilla, whatever. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be in a sector like healthcare and change the way that marketing is done for an industry, to me, that is what's cool. And so that's kind of how um, I, I wasn't always setting out to work in healthcare. Um, my my boss at the time at Piedmont in Atlanta, Matt Gove, who was a chief marketing officer, uh, invited me and, and he had the same vision. And he's also my boss at Summit Health City MD, by the way. Ah. He, you know, kind of showed me that realization about how behind marketing really is and how we could change it. And so that's what really excites me. Wow. And that's kind of healthcare for me. It's it's an opportunity to change healthcare. You know, not necessarily from saving lives. I'm not on the operating table and you know, but uh but at least from a marketing aspect, what I know how to do, uh how cool would it be just to change the way that marketing is done? Yeah. That's kind of what my driving force is. Now, I, I, I want to know about, you know, because of Piedmont, I mean, it's a huge company, I mean, 12,000, you know, Piedmont Healthcare is like 12,000 plus employees, like very big. You now are at Summit Health, City MD. I think you guys are just under 2,000 employees. Yeah. Well, 13,000 now. Uh, is it 13? Yeah. 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 We're, we've, we've got 2,000 providers, but like 13,000 employees. We're, we're growing. We're growing. Wait, Summit Health does? Summit Health and CityMD combined. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Because I know it said Summit Health was like 1,300. It was like 1,379 on LinkedIn, but it's 10 times that you're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. We need help on our LinkedIn strategy okay. too, obviously. <laughs> okay. okay. So, you know, as I look at your career, you know, Andrew, you said you had some cool experience. You spent time at Nielsen, which I love that as like a good foundation of marketing. And then you went on to mm-hmm. Delta Gen and Cellmania, landed up at AirTran, then UPS, which, by the way, I interviewed Kevin Warren, uh, who's the current yeah. CMO of UPS, one of my all-time favorite executives, just a great human being. And to see some of the things UPS is doing as a brand, yeah. as old as they are, right, yeah. and the, the moves that they're making, I love that. And then you ended up in healthcare at Piedmont after Stan Johnson Company, um, and now at Summit Health. What was the shift from like marketing like contributor for you into like marketing leader? Like, where did that happen for you? What was that process like? Because every good marketer doesn't necessarily become a good marketing leader. And that's a big shift. So where did you start to make that transition or, or notice like, hey, I want to go there and start to, to become and cultivate that marketing leader that you are? When did that happen? That's a that's a great question. I would say that happened probably, I was lucky enough to have that kind of realization earlier on in my career, probably at Air Train Airways. Okay. When um, I inherited the frequent flyer program AirTrain Airways, just so you don't know, is an airline that was, uh, it was a top 10 airline, got acquired by Southwest Airlines in 2011-ish and uh, went on to work there for about a year. But it was, it was an amazing company. It had a, had a really good, I had really good support from, from above and below and then all around. And, and it was there where I realized, you know, I could do the work uh, and especially in an area like marketing analytics, which wasn't as popular at the time um, in, you know, in the mid 2000, first decade of 2000s. Um, I could do the work, but at the same time, if you really want to drive change, it's really about learning how to interact with people and learning how to sell to them, sell internally, uh, build relationships and really try to make change because that's the way that you're going to get your own people, your, your, your own team to be able to grow and learn and rise and accomplish their goals as well. So mm. I think it was honestly just, it was shown to me because that's how my boss treated me at that time. And that's 
how I wanted to kind of grow my career is, is to kind of go into a more of a leadership role, have more influence and be able to uh, change lives, hopefully in a positive way uh, from a career standpoint. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I mean, and I think that's a topic that I, I want to, I'd love to get your kind of feedback on experience on how you can make change as an executive, how you can influence, you know, uh, executives and other stakeholders and support them and protect them and, and vice versa. I'd love to just kind of know your thoughts on that. And it's interesting. If you go to the AirTrain website, it goes straight to Southwest. So it's now, it's yeah. now Southwest. It's, you can't book a flight from AirTrain now, but. No, um, <laughs> it's sad, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you even tried. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes straight to Southwest. So they, they definitely have that domain name. Um, so yeah, I mean, so just in that frame of like how to make change and like what are some of the things that you've kind of taken along the way for, you know, when you, because you've got to sell initiatives, you've got to create really good trust and rapport with your, your stakeholders. How are you doing that now? Uh, what are some of the things you've learned and how to do that successfully as a marketing leader? Yeah, that's a great question. So that's probably something I learned a lot from UPS. They have an amazing career development program there and and they really do take the time and invest a lot of effort and and energy and money and making sure that their employees know how to uh, become better at whatever job they want to do. And so number one, it's about being able to tell a story from the data and anyone could access data. Anyone could play with data, but not anyone could tell a convincing story with data and being able to tell a succinct elevator pitch without even having to use the numbers, but knowing that all the words that you're using are coming from numbers, mm. I think is critical. So one example of that is if someone asks, what's the weather like right now, right? And someone answers, well, barometric pressure is at 48, humidity is at 62, the temperature is at 79, wind, uh, the wind speeds at 7.6 miles per hour Southwest. Great. I just want to know, is it nice? You know, <laughs> is it a nice day or does it suck? The weather's it's, it's a, it's a great day outside. That's the answer, right? But you're still giving a succinct answer using the numbers, using the data that you have collected, but you don't have to use those numbers as part of the answer. Mm. And that's kind of what UPS taught me being able to sell internally to other executives, answer the question, but do your research and know that whatever you say is based on fact or anchored towards a fact, right? Mm. And and be confident on how you deliver it because you've done your due diligence. And and so being able to do that time and time again is builds credibility uh, for yourself and eventually people learn to trust you mm. and are easier to uh, go with your recommendation. Okay, well, in, in the kind of vein of like, just your marketing strategy. I'm curious where like experimenting and like kind of R and D go in terms of marketing, like how much time, if any, is, is the marketing team at summit health city MD, like testing new things, experimenting, like thinking down the, down the way, down the future of like how patients and people are going to interact with, you know, the technology and the service. Like, do you spend a lot of time, you know, in the future and testing things out that way? Or what's that look like at summit health city MD? Yeah, that's that's that is a very hot topic in healthcare within the marketing and product teams and IT teams. Like, can we have virtual care with wearable devices, with 
you know, and I'm making stuff up here, but like a robot that <laughs> comes to you um, and, uh, you know, takes your blood test, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, your results get scanned into your phone and whatever. Uh, you know, it, I would say that uh, there's a lot of cool possibilities in healthcare and, and, you know, Apple, for example, right. There's the Apple product reveal that just happened actually. Um, mm -hmm. They're getting more and more into wearable tech and, and health mm -hmm. and, and Amazon, they're, they're getting more and more into um, healthcare and delivery and pharmaceutical delivery. And so there's a lot that's possible, but you know, what should we actually be focusing on um, as a company? And so our product team does a really good job at noticing trends, assessing the feasibility. And then on, on top of that, assessing do patients or do customers really care about this? It sounds really cool, but at the end of the day, just because it sounds really cool, does it mean that people are gonna actually use it or want it, especially if for something as personal as your health? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of famous failures, but, and I, I'm sure there's a lot within healthcare, but um, we are always looking at how do we make the experience? And, and what we do is focus on the experience of what someone goes through when mm. they interact with our brands. So is there technology that can make the experience a lot easier? What are the pain points that our patients are going through? And how do we use technology to kind of solve those pain points? But again, keeping in mind that the patient's the center of everything. Mm -hmm. and, and how do we use technology to enable the patient as opposed to just saying, hey, that looks really cool. We should try that. So who would you say are like the customers of Summit Health City MD? You've certainly got patients. You want to find the facilities, but like, who are you, who would you say are your customers? Yeah. Uh, well, we have different groups of customers. Number one is obviously the patients. Uh -huh. Number two is other doctors, Okay. Uh, doctors that refer their patients to us Okay. and their experience, you know, if we're still in an industry where faxing is required, keep in uh -huh. mind, right? So how <laughs> yeah. do we make the experience of doctors and their staff and other nursing staff and providers or other office staff, how do we make an experience to refer their patients to us uh, without having to fax anything for once um, or, or getting a, 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 something, a printout and taking a picture of it and then mailing it? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty embarrassing at, at times. And so that's another big group of customers that we have. Another is uh, employers. Uh, a lot of employers are definitely worried about employee health mm. uh, from a mental and uh, mm -hmm. chronic disease in every aspect. And so how do we build relationships with employers so that their employees can get taken care of in a, again, easy way where the cost is a lot less than when, what they could potentially be doing on their own and making it a lot easier for the companies to be able to manage costs. So, so that's another group that doesn't really get talked about that often. Mm. Awesome. Okay. So patients, other MDs, employers, that's kind of your big customer buckets. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So in terms of how employers would work with you, is that on the, that's on the Summit Health side of things? Like where someone would kind of like yeah. set up, is it like you're setting up a clinic like for a business or like you're, or just you're setting up a place for them to send their folks? What does that look like actually? It could be both. And it could be for ah. both brands, City MD or for Summit Health. Like if you need oh. to do a drug test for our new employees and you don't want to do that yourself, okay. you can send them to a City MD at one of our 160 locations. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, if you want, if you have occupational health issues, uh, you can send them to either brand. For Summit Health, yeah, we could have, uh, it could be 
the entire range. We could have a dedicated office inside a big corporate headquarters, or yeah. uh, we could have um, easy access to to see a summit health provider that's convenient to them during work hours or okay. during their work uh, day, uh, even if it's mm. close to their house, what have you. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of white space that I think could be explored in this in this area, and and so I don't think anyone's really cracked it yet. I know Amazon and J.P. Morgan, <laughs> they and uh, was it Google or no Berkshire Hathaway? They they tried to crack it and failed. So there's there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Is telemedicine, are you seeing a big swing in telemedicine, like happening way more? I've certainly, I see it a lot more myself, like different ads or experiences around it. But what are you noticing in that world? Yeah, that this is going to be where it could be a little controversial. Ah, I think telemedicine is great. I uh-huh. believe in the product. I think it's something that I use. I love using it because it's mm-hmm. so convenient. Yep. Uh, during COVID, that was the only way that you could see a doctor. Yep. Yep. But utilization has gone back down to almost pre-COVID levels. And ah. it, before COVID, it was pretty low. And it's not just with us, it's for other health systems as well that I've talked to. Mm. And there are some things that you would rather just do in person. Um, talking to your doctor, seeing having your doctor see you face-to-face, uh, I think is, an, is definitely part of the care that people, it's going to be really hard to get rid of that experience. Yeah. Is it going to change still and change some more? Absolutely. But is it going to be where the majority of our patients will be seen virtually? I don't think so. And I'm willing to bet on that. Mm. But I know that that, that's a lot of thing, a lot of attention is going towards telemedicine. And and again, another example, if, if we really did our research, if we really asked the patients and kept the patient at the center, hey, if you want to go see your chiropractor or orthopedic uh, surgeon, uh, would you rather, you know, instead of just asking them, see how they do it. And, and most of the time they want to go, go see the doctor in person and show them mm. like, Hey, this is where it hurts my back or, uh, what, what have you. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think it's like, almost like, yeah, like a yes. And kind of thing like, yes, telemedicine will exist. It's, and you know, the, to your point, I do not think that one-on-one connection, you know, in person, in real life is going to ever go away. Yeah. I agree. I think that that will always be element. There will be some technology plays where telemedicine and telehealth can really support the next evolution of things. But I agree. There's some stuff I know for me, like, I just want to go, I want you to look at this thing on my arm. I don't want you to, exactly. you know, I want you to look at this weird, whatever. So yep. that's, um, I totally get it. I would love your thoughts on, there was a, there was a Deloitte article. I don't know if you saw this. It was on the global marketing trends. Um, the authors shout out to Andy Haas, Michelle McGuire, Christian and Ravuth Kuki. The article is titled Supercharging Customer Service with AI. Uh And it's got this claim that this rising marketing trend in 2022 is to combine AI and human interactions to create this smoother workflow within the company and build a much more effective marketing strategy through data collection. Yep. Are you noticing this trend at Summit Health? If so, can you give us an example? Yeah, we we definitely talk about it a lot. and, And we definitely have been noticing this trend. You know, just because it's the big trend of 2022, um, healthcare probably will pick up on it in 2032. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say that it is absolutely something that we talk about quite often. Um, so that's where we would love to combine our patient experience from a issue solving, issue resolution standpoint, right? If, if you have a question about your bill or if you have a question about a prescription, a lot of times AI could probably handle it 
through a chatbot or directions, what have you, um, or appointment rescheduling. Um, but there are some things that a person absolutely needs to handle. And, and I don't think we're there yet where, where something as complicated as healthcare and, and, and health records, where uh, an AI uh, bot could probably answer those questions. So, so it's a combination of the two for sure. That, that is something that we're looking at now. Mm. Uh, how do we combine AI plus the human experience? Again, trying to make it as seamless as possible. And that's what I loved about that article too, by the way. It's just putting the customer at the center, putting the human at the center yep. of, it, of it all. And, and, it's, and I know this is not just a healthcare issue of, of not doing that, but I really do think as an industry, an industry like ours, it's just imperative. Otherwise, we're just wasting money mm. and time. What do you think is like in terms of just marketing trends, like anything else you're noticing in healthcare or noticing in your world in terms of trends? Yeah. Well, so there was this trend called consumerism in, in healthcare. And um, my boss at Summit, Matt Gove, um, he's one of the pioneers of consumerism, Okay. which is really thinking um is create this crazy concept of thinking what consumers would want instead of what the company would want first. <laughs> and mind blowing. <laughs> I know it's, you know, we're, we're 2022 folks. Um, <laughs> and we will sometimes argue where the pendulum's probably swung a little too much, right? Similar to what you and I were just talking about, about these gadgets or telehealth or like, oh man, consumers will never want to see us in person again, or never would want to talk to us someone on the phone again. Um, that's not true. It, it's it, we got to consumerism is about putting the consumer in the in the center, right? Not just going and building things and using technology that we think are cool to come up with uh, ideas that someone thought of and and spending a lot of time and money trying to build it out, and so. A lot of our research actually that we've done ourselves shows that a lot of the things that people want from a healthcare company, we already know about, right? Like they, they want to get better. Uh, they don't want to have to wait. Um, there's just basic things that we should probably focus on first that we already know that we need to do a terrible job with. And so again, we, I always come back to this idea of just making the experience right. For, and that's what I think consumerism is. It's making the experience as seamless as possible, but doing it in a way that puts your shoes in the consumer. Hey, in this situation, would I really want to talk to a chatbot? Or in this situation, would I really want to go through an online scheduling tool versus talking to someone on the phone? Because I'm calling for my mom who is sick, who doesn't, you know, who can't really talk that well. Um, I'd rather just talk to someone on the phone, right? And and so why are we pushing people away from the phone so much? And when we could, we should be making it easier to talk to someone on the phone, but everyone else who doesn't want to talk to someone on the phone, you know, let's, let's make that easier as well through different tools. But um, I think to kind of wrap that up in a little sentence, it's, it's, we're trying to make it a hassle free experience, but we do a really good job creating hassle mm. at the same time. I love it. Um, and that's just how that's just how healthcare is today in our country, and, and it'd be pretty cool to be able to change all that. Yeah, well, you're you're definitely in you know a full contact sport. You know that is like the middle of health the healthcare <laughs> healthcare and the and the evolution of healthcare. Like you're in the middle yeah. of it, and so uh, thank you for that. What's like something new that you're working on? Something that you've launched uh, recently? And yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, 
So something that we just launched about a week ago is our CDP, Customer Data Platform with Salesforce. We just launched the first MVP version last week, and we are now collecting a lot of data um, being fed into our CDP to create segments. And we are going to use those segments and, and use that to um, combine it with their interaction studio with sale, that Salesforce has another tool, which is a lot, all about personalization and being able to serve content, being able to target content, being able to serve ads uh, or emails to different specific user groups that we have identified from a business perspective that we have prioritized. So for example, what we are now doing is uh, some identifying people who uh, have not seen their primary care provider over 24 months. Um, how can we target them and how do we find them and, and how do we find more people like them in um, you know, the internets and be able to grow our business um, and vice versa. People who uh, look like they have a certain type of profile that we're looking for, maybe they're BMI or they're, they used to be former smokers or what other, what other segments can we create using anonymized data to be able to target and grow our business. And so, so we have a lot more coming. Um, we're going to be fully launched in about a month and a half with Interaction Studio and uh, CDP with both with Salesforce. Wow, that's huge. Well, shout out to Salesforce. That's also not surprising to hear how much innovation is happening at that business. I mean, they obviously sponsor our show, so I love hearing about what they're up to. Uh, but that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love as we close out, just kind of your final thoughts for you know, kind of two buckets of people that we know listen to the show. What's your final thought for someone who's coming up in the ranks and they want to be a marketing leader like you? And then what are your thoughts just for someone who's already at that spot, maybe in a different industry, just kind of your, yeah, anecdotally, what would you like to to drop the mic on at the end? Oh, man. Oh, cool. I need to drop a mic. Yes. Um, it's my mic. So I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Keep it actually on, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so for people that are um, up and coming and have that hunger, it, it's kind of what I said earlier. It's being able to tell concise stories with data, but not do a vomit of numbers and build credibility, build trust, speak about what you know. And uh, if you don't know, then say you don't know. If you're wrong, and then own up to it right away. But it's about building relationships and you get you build relationships through credibility and you build credibility through being able to sell internally and, and convince someone that you know what you're talking about. Uh, for people who are probably a lot smarter than I am and a lot more successful, you know, don't do what I do. That's probably what I would say to them. Um, <laughs> that's why they're there. And now um, uh, Honestly, it's just, let's not forget about, let's not forget about who we're actually trying to serve a customer, mm. the customer's customer, and always, always, always put yourself in their shoes, sit in your call centers, spend a day in your call center, spend a day in your office, spend a day in your front with your front line or, uh, getting at UPS, I had to deliver packages, um, which was a completely, completely mind-blowing experience. Just make sure that you always get the perspective of all the different people that you're asking them to do, uh, asking things to do. Mm. So um, I love that. That's awesome. Well, Andy, this has been an incredible conversation. I appreciate your time and your energy, your efforts. 
Um, I mean, what a cool path you've had so far. I know that it's not over yet. You got, you got, a, you have an adventure ahead of you. <laughs> Knock on wood. But thank you for being on Marketing Trends, man. Thank you. This was awesome. We appreciate you. Yeah. No, this is awesome. This was really fun. Thank you so much. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.